Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. and um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any... Problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. It's Monday Suckage, Saturday Suckage on Monday, as they would tell you on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night Football. It's always Saturday Suckage and the Wake and Bake Club at a perfect time. Time to take attendance, Saturday Suckage on Monday. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Mike Tomlin. Uh, sucking. Don Cooper. They all suck. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Brian Cashman. I also know that we suck right now. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man, like, do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Chris Rock. I suck so bad, he used to pick me after the white kids. Mark Grody. 
Hi. <laughs> hey, I have a I have a question for you. Speaking of suck, do the do the Cubs not suck or something? What has happened the, to ruin the narrative in the last literally last six games? Uh, the Cubs have become fun to watch for six games. They they have unless well I guess they their offense has been fun to watch. There's nothing fun about watching Zach Davies pitch or most of that pitching staff. Tell you the truth. It's well, that's really, one of the things that's been going on with the Cubs, Steve, in case you hadn't noticed, is a <laughs> is a uh, there are tryouts going on for the fifth man in the rotation at next year. And Justin Steele gets his crack at it today. You know, you've had you've had um, Alec Mills involved in that. You've had Keegan Thompson involved in that. You could even throw Zach Davies in there for 2021. No. That, that's been the undercard that has been going on with the Cubs. Every pitcher they have, except for Kyle Hendricks, is in competition for the fifth spot in the rotation. But, yeah, the Cubs have been kind of fun to watch the last two days. Games of Thrones-esque the way it was described, and it looks like Game of Clowns when you watch what happens on the mound. But the happy it, – it was all Patrick Wisdom all the time, all the talk, um, a really good chance to be runner-up in the Rookie of the Year voting to Jonathan India of the Reds, and the Cubs and Reds will play on the score today. 12.45 is Zach's pregame show. You'll hear it right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, where Saturday Suckage is broadcasting on Monday from The Score Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. So do, do you like Frank the Tank or Schwindy City? There's our web poll. Frank the Tank or Schwindy City? Neither. You know what I like. Dirty Frank. It should Dirty be Frank. Neither, right? I mean, the Frank yeah. the Tank is just so obvious, over-the-top pop, pop culture. <laughs> the, 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 the Schwindy City is not bad. That's not bad because it's, it's not uh, – it is very Chicago. So I would take that any day over Frank the Tank. But I, I'm going to go with, with Dirty Frank, Dirty Frank Schwindel. Mr. Mr. Grand Slam yesterday as he he completely deleted the uh, what had been trending the Matt Duffy game and then it became the Frank Schwindel game because every day <laughs> is the Frank Schwindel game. Yes, it was man. Matt right, Duffy, but, I mean the the solo yeah. homer that he leans into a Grand Slam and then you know when he got up there again with the bases loaded later, you know he what he was thinking because why the hell not when you're 21 games out. Right, that's that's what you're supposed to do. So Frank Schwindel hit a grand slam yesterday, which I guess we should start to expect. He has hit seven homers in his last eight games. In 32 games with the Cubs, and you know when those 32 games started, right? When I got, Anthony I Rizzo do. became the, the X's, so he became an X. So the 32 games, he has 10 homers. He's slashing 370. 419, 706 for an OPS of 1.124. And here's something that is just I small sample size, but but it's worth sharing. Frank the Tank Schwindy City, Dirty, Dirty Frank, Frank. has you, a war you. of 1.3 in those 32 games. Anthony Rizzo's war with the Yankees uh-huh. is 0.4. <laughs> But this is even better. This is even better. 32 games for Frank Schwindel and a 1.3 war. 92 games in Cubs uniform for Anthony Rizzo, the unvaxxed, the great unvaxxed. 
In 92 games, his war was 1.2. Frank, Dirty Frank has already passed Anthony Rizzo in Cubs war for this wow. season. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Good for yes. Dirty Frank. Good for him, man. And he's hit. I, I will continue on with the plaudits here. He is homered in three straight games as well. And these homers are homers of great meaning if you block out the fact that, you know, the Cubs are 21 games out. He's hitting them at big moments in the games. I mean, the home run two days ago, he hits the, the tie-breaking home run in the sixth inning to make it 6-5. The Cubs win by a final score of 6-5. to five. And then, of course, yesterday the Cubs are down a run in, in the seventh inning in uh, Schwindy City, Dirty Frank, it's a grand slam. So homer in three straight games, six of seven and ten with the Cubs. So we could do this all morning if you want. The the Frank Schwindel statistical game, which I think we could just carry on until ten o'clock today if you'd like. And that, but, <laughs> yes. but the the problem yes. is is that do, that doesn't suck at all. Like that that is we're talking about. Oh, and then just for the hell of it. The, the Pirates, Ryan Reynolds had a grand slam yesterday as well. So just, just to, to further your point that it's all about the offense right now, let us not forget about the granny that was given up. However, however, I will say this, my guy, Rowan Wick. I love Rowan Wick. I don't know if you realize this or not, but I do love Rowan Wick. Get records the final six outs of that game yesterday in grand fashion. Rowan Wick sounds like a Dickens character. It's just a very English name. You take like two last names and make one of them a first name, and you have Rowan Wick. It is very jolly. He was the money changer for the Great London Bank. Um, Well, if if Saturday suckage on Monday, if if Frank, Dirty Frank. By the way, Brandon Fryer, our producer, do you understand the whole Dirty Frank thing? Yes, yes, yes. I I understand it. What? What to, is it? From from what I heard, why they called him Dirty Frank is just I, I they said they said it was from the post game from like him just um, he did something in the clubhouse. That's what I saw on Twitter. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I saw. Mark Grody, do you want to explain what happens when Mark Grody uses the phrase Dirty Frank? So our all, producer all, is all Brandon Fryer. All Brandon oh. Fryer. I know what you understand, Bri. Talk it, walk it like I talk it, walk it, walk it like I talk it. Right? That's it. Um, no, because Dirty Frank is a song, Brandon. That's why I went to your. That's why I went to your band. My Not just band any is, song. Yeah, my band is Pearl Jam, and Dirty Frank is a song by Pearl Jam. So that's why I. That's the theme. So that that I go with. You understand, Fry Guy? I'm following you now. I get yeah. it completely now. So I got you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I like that okay. you tried to come up with something about yeah. something going on backstage. That's what I saw on Twitter. That's exactly what I saw on Twitter. Really? Okay, so maybe there is something going on. Maybe Brandon is on to, to something. Of uh-huh. Something yeah. backstage going on with Dirty But the And the times that I've heard Frank Schwindel, he seems like an ultra-nice guy. Like, just, just to make the story even more pathetically awesome, he's like, <laughs> he's kind of got a personality like, like Chris Bryant. Yeah, he does. He's 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 a nice. He sounds like a nice guy. He's somebody you root for. Um, his Jersey friends were in town and they're they're walking around. They made a sign and and had a fat head all about Schwindy City. And he said, you know, two days ago we could walk around the city. Nobody knew who he was. So you hit 
three home runs and you, you hit a grand slam and now everybody knows who he is. So. No, I, I, here's the thing. I think he could probably still make it down at Michigan Avenue with nobody knowing who he is. I, I hate to say it. I don't know that he's had enough face time yet. That be... would be a good thing to do, take his picture down there. I did that in, um, when was it, in 95, 96? Um, James Baldwin had a great year. He was having a great half season and the Yankees <laughs> yes. were in town. So it must have been 97. So the Yankees are in town, and and Joe Torre is in town, and the Joe Torre is the AL manager of the All AL All Star manager, and so I took a picture of James Baldwin and walked up and down Michigan Avenue, right up Chicago Tribune's front door, and just showed it to 50 people. Do you know who who is this man? Mm-hmm. Four out of 50 people knew who it was. Yeah, that's, that's... I mean, he was leading the American League in wins. Then, and this was the best part. I went to U.S. Comiskey Cellular Guaranteed Rate Field Park, and I walked into the Yankee Yankees clubhouse when it opened and went into Tory's office, and he's sitting there with somebody else, and maybe it was a PR guy. I'm not even sure. I said, Joe, I got a picture for you. Can you tell me who this is? And he looks at it, and there was no Sox cap on it. It was just James Baldwin, a, just a mugshot, and he looks over at the guy and goes, is this some old Yankee? And I said, no. <laughs> it's... It's James Baldwin. He goes, oh. Oh, and that's was, embarrassing. Goes, I said, so what about, he goes, yeah, he's got a good chance to be on the all-star team. Back when the manager was picking it here. <laughs> yeah, he can make the all-star team. It was, Joe played, a lot, played it out really well. But I did that, with, and I, it would be a great thing to do if, if only the Tribune had a body to send out on to. Maybe you do it around Wrigley. Do two, two of them. Do, do one in front of, on Michigan Avenue. And do one in and around Wrigley, and and just see the Cub fans know Dirty Frank. That'd I be bet they would know. Bit. I bet they would know Patrick Wisdom before they would know Dirty Frank. Like if you held both up, do you know either of these guys? And no, and no, I bet no. you do one. You do you hold up Frank Schwindel and uh-huh. see how many people say Patrick Wisdom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick. You know. Uh, see, now I have to tell my really quick James Baldwin story, because I also okay. have a James Baldwin story, and it's a pretty good James Baldwin story. Years ago, I was covering a White Sox game in which James Baldwin was signing autographs for children. One of the children says to James Baldwin, are you Frank Thomas? And uh, James, uh, he thought he was Frank Thomas, and he goes, nope, nope. He goes, uh and then the kid goes, you, you hit all the home runs. And James Baldwin looks at him and goes, nope, I'm the one who gives up the home runs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I like James Baldwin. This guy is great. Even though he was really good for a little while, was James Baldwin. Yes, that's that was real. That's a real deal. Uh, the tech zone is already at the year 773, wake and bake, baby. Yeah, wake and bake at a time when a lot of people could wake and bake. But you can wake and bake anytime. That's why the WB Club is never um, is, is always on time and always there for you. Uh, 773, Schwindy City. It sounds so good when it touches your lips. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. Uh, 773 textures Frank Schwindel, the chairman, a la Frank Sinatra. See, there that's you go. Kind of, yeah, but see, if you, that's why it doesn't work, too. If you got to explain it, it don't work. Dirty Frank, you understand. We understand mm-hmm. right here on Saturday. Right, Saturday, right, right. The chairman. Everybody uh, gets, you know, 
yeah. Dirty Frank. Everybody gets Schwindy City. Yeah, you can't have. We can't. We can't try. Let's not try too hard on Saturday <laughs> suckage. We can't. And if you're worried that Frank the Tank, Dirty Frank, Schwindy City is too happy, pathetically happy of a story for Saturday suckage on Monday, we can talk about the Sox. They sucked in KC. There you go. See, that's part of it. The Sox sucked. Dylan Cease had a had a Dallas Keuchel first inning, and and they pitched to Salvador Perez for no apparent reason. That's just, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. My God. Oppo rippage. Oh yeah. And then there is the case of Gavin Sheets not necessarily being able to catch the ball over at first base. That's a bad thing. Yeah. Just to clarify, not a good thing. No. Uh, so and Salvador Sox Perez are... played played kickball on that one too. Your favorite sport. Gave a gave a little kick. Here, I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and kick this baseball. We're gonna go ahead and score three. But I love Tony LaRusse's explanation of of the, so two guys get on immediately the um, against Dylan Cease and there's a there's a walk and a double and two on none out. First base is open, by the way. You'd rather, wouldn't you rather walk the bases loaded than pitch to Salvador Perez the way he's killing the White Sox? Well, they pitched to Salvador Perez, and he hit his third home run in four at-bats. Not like three and four games. Third home run in four at-bats to that point on the weekend. You might not want to do that because he hit, he connected against uh, Lopez and Kopech in the 10-7 victory on Saturday. God, the Sox sucked in KC. So, Tony LaRusso, best explanation is men, not machines. The three home runs were all preventable. That's my answer. They were preventable. Didn't pitch to the plan. The plan was definitely to keep him in the ballpark. Oh, okay. The plan was to keep Salvador Perez in the ballpark, and they did not do that. Why don't you just walk him? Walk him. First base was open. Walk it like I talk it. If I don't hear that song this morning, Brandon, by the way, I'm going to be very upset at some point in time. Um, yeah, I think that there were many, many times where, like, every time he came up, perhaps, because he's kind of like one of the only guys in the Kansas City lineup that could beat you at this point, right? So, yeah, that would have made a lot of sense. But there is a part of me, too. Doesn't everybody love Sal Perez? Isn't he just kind of like the, he might be the feel-good story of baseball this year. Now that nobody cares about Otani anymore, because I don't hear about it anymore. That was that was very all-star break 2021. The feel-good story of this year is Salvador Perez. Who doesn't love Sal? Yeah, I, I agree. There's there's nothing to root against. It's a it's a, especially a feel-good story. And earlier in the week, when it was Otani and Perez had reached 40 and it was, or, or 39, wherever he was, it was, somebody had tweeted out, the home run leaderboard in Major League Baseball is led by a pitcher and a catcher. <laughs> and oh, that that's was, hilarious. Yeah, that and is it was hilarious. true. It was yeah. true. And the Sox are, the Sox are 6-7-2 in series since the All-Star break. And they got injuries. They're, or they got they got hurts that they're just making sure don't turn into big injuries. So they're playing. Tim Anderson's not playing. They got um, Landon Rodon on the injured list, and other guys are who knows with Mancata. You're just trying. They're just trying to take it easy. So 
is there reason to worry, Mark Rody? Do you worry? Is this is this starting to? Or is a team better off playing for its baseball life in September than having this time to go to you know have spa days all month? Aren't they telling us to be worried about Carlos Rodon because everybody gets yeah. their turn on the IL lately? Nobody gets two turns on the IL unless you're Carlos Rodon. And when I t- talk about taking turns, I'm talking about these semi-innocuous injuries that have occurred for the White Sox. It's like, why take a chance, skip them in the rotation? And I think that's cool. You know, in the case of Lucas Giolito, totally cool, fine, whatever, sick. But in the case of Carlos Rodon, I think they're telling you that he's not quite right. And I don't know if this is still as an effect. The, the potential positive side or optimistic way to look at it is that they're being ultra, ultra conservative with a guy who has had a history of horrible injuries and they're scared to death that something could happen to the guy who is their ace heading into the postseason. But the fact that they're skipping him in Oakland, you know, against a badass team like that, that, yeah. That that guy does this does concern me a little bit. He's the only one so far, and maybe a little bit with Tim Anderson because I feel like, believe it or not, they've been pretty vague about what's going on with Tim Anderson. Is something more wrong with? Yeah. Like, are we going to hear in the off season that like is Tim Andrew get? Anderson going to have some sort of surgery or procedure? I bet he does. I bet that does. And I'm not saying he's not going to return and he's not going to be effective and all that kind of stuff. But I, I am concerned about Rodon, and I'm kind of got a side eye on the whole thing going on with Tim Anderson. And that's I, I, that's an excellent point because the he it has been floating out there, floating out there, floating out there, and you better come back, uh, and, and you, you need to come back. And the interesting thing about the Oakland series for the White Sox is you're going to see, unfortunately, Dallas Keuchel, and you're going to see Lopez. They're scheduled to pitch. I don't know how it's going to how it's going to play out. If they made any changes, they're going to make any changes. But that's kind of what they're down to, which presents an in, a good and interesting situation, because nobody believes Dallas Keuchel should be pitching ever again for the White Sox. But here he is pitching against a playoff contender, and can he do anything? The bigger question is, can Lopez do anything? Because he's he's right there. He's going to be your, after presuming Lynn's healthy, presuming Giolito's healthy, presuming Rodon's healthy, there's Cease, and then probably Lopez. You don't want anything to do with with Dallas Keuchel. And and the Lopez start could be could be telling against that kind of that team that offense. And we could learn something there. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking desperate. I'm grasping at something that will give the White Sox a sense that we're not we're not just killing time because they look like they're just killing time. Oh, and it's really I, I, hard to suddenly care. Don't rule out Jimmy Lambert for a start either somewhere along the way. I have said this all year, Stevie Sunshine. I hate watching the White Sox play bad teams it is just such a horrible barrage at this point in the season when teams like the royals and the cubs and the pirates it's not really about winning it's about individual wins and if they happen to have wins along the way that's great but it's just such a 
bad barometer and it's boring and it turns into bad baseball like it did for the White Sox yesterday and specifically I don't know why I was so burned up about that third in the, the even the even the throw by Moncada it was kind of like this this fancy almost Dan Quisenberry-esque throw from third base it goes a little bit probably knuckled a little bit on sheets and sheets should have caught caught the ball at first base but it was still it still seemed like Moncada was being a little bit too. It was like when Joel Quinville would get mad at the Blackhawks for being too fancy. All right, guys, let's pull back a little bit here. Let's 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 be a little more conservative, and then Perez kicks it. So not not only are you getting you know these sloppy losses, it just there is something about playing these bad teams that is just it's not healthy for anybody. So I think it's I think it's good that they they have the Oakland A's and then they come. It's not a road. It's not a six game road trip though, right? Did they go on the road for Oakland and back home for Boston, if I'm not mistaken? Because I saw it written as a six game road trip in a lot of places, but I do believe it's three at Oakland and then back home right away. So it's a quick escape to Oakland. Yeah. 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 But. I just want to say, you're Mark Rohde. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We uh, we are going to be discussing the first regular season week of the rest of Justin Fields' NFL career. And the best-known Catholic university wins on a Sunday, of course. And the coach talks about executing the team. We'll bring oh, you the no. tape of that. Yeah, we'll bring you the tape of that after this break. Saturday, Suckage on Monday, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You guys suck. Yeah. Yeah. Walk it like I talk it. <laughs> it's Migos. Now we get a dirty Frank thing, and uh, Brian, Brandon Fryer will have played all the hits. Welcome and welcome back. It's all right. John Monday. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. So, last night, it's Sunday. It's Sunday, and the best-known Catholic university in the world is playing a football game. And the best-known Catholic university in the world has an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter, and Notre Dame chokes it all away and has to go to overtime. And there, on the other side, is a perfectly Irish kicker for Florida State named Ryan Fitzgerald. But he's not Notre Dame. He does Notre Dame's. He does God's work for Notre Dame, and he misses a field goal. Jonathan Dorr makes a field goal from 41 yards. So in overtime. Notre Dame escapes in Tallahatchie, 41-38. So they blow this 18-point lead. They need overtime. They need a, a missed field goal. Then they make their own. And Brian Kelly is asked coming off the field, you know, what kind of emotional win? How big was it? What do you think of this kind of victory? I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. hear that okay now there's this we're just so you hear that he's uh, he's that's brian kelly a notre dame coach the coach of the catholic university talking about execution so brandon fryer our producer is gonna play brian kelly again here's your notre dame coach i'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight okay now a little background on this brian kelly is a football coach, not a stand-up comedian. John McKay was both. John McKay, the legendary USC coach, who then left the Trojans and went to coach the expansion. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. So after one game, 
and I don't know which game it was. And they would go on to lose every game and, and then two into the next season. And they would. So at one point, John McKay was asked, what did you think of your team's execution? And he famously answered, I'm for it. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. I mean, that's well played. That's a, that's your stand-up yeah. comedian football coach. And, right. And that's the way the thing went. Brian Kelly was trying to do both parts. He had a sideline interviewer, a post-game interviewer, asking him a question. Hey, here's an emotional win. You get a, you know, you're on the road. You win. You, you blow a big lead. You come back. You get it. Blah, blah, blah. And he's going for the really bad joke. And he's doing both parts. He's doing the straight man and the comic. And he's doing a bad job of both. And it came off awful. So let's play that again, Brandon Fryer. We can't get enough of Brian Kelly being a bad comedian as bad as he was coaching in the fourth quarter yesterday. I'm I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, Maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Ugh, so took it too was... far. <laughs> yeah, so... keep, keep it keep it simple. You know what? You had a laugh in there, maybe, maybe with the first line because we all knew the first line, but the second line, yeah. yeah. You know what? Just be 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 your best serious Brian Kelly after this. Be be angry, swearing Brian Kelly on the sidelines, and then talk about how your team almost blew it to an unranked Florida State team last night yeah yeah that was uh so he 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 did have a you know as they, they are the sanctimonious frauds in south bend have a certain amount of righteous indignation but i thought that that brian kelly in the post game was was like come on you guys it was a joke right you get it and i i as much as i would love to beat up on the sanctimonious frauds in south bend and and a guy who's done certainly it has has a far more despicable uh uh, mark on his record than than that. It's just he was he was bad. He's trying to tell a joke. He was bad. He's not gonna. He he needs to be coached himself not to do that. And don't it was just, horrible. Just answer the questions and and do that. But that's what that's what's going on. There's your Notre Dame talk. And I don't I don't. You watch stuff college football over the week. You got Northwestern losing at home. Michigan State, some revenge game that was. Badly, pretty bad. You got Illinois losing to Eastern, Western, Tennessee, something, something, music, quilt. After the State rousing University. victory over the, the the big hope game in week one after Illinois. <laughs> the, we're 1-0, and oh, and now we're 1-1. One and one. Right, and then Northern goes down to Georgia. The devil went down to Georgia, and they beat Georgia Tech. So yeah, whatever amazing. you want to make of this, First week, week zero, week one, I don't know. I don't think coaches – I don't think – coaches certainly don't know the opponents, except if you're playing Bama and then you know you're going to get killed. And I don't think coaches know their own team, except if you're Nick Saban and you know that you have an, a roster of first-round draft picks. But everybody else – nobody else, everybody else, nobody knows. I mean, if you're – if you have an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter and you're Notre Dame and you're Brian Kelly – you, you might want to execute your game plan, which called for running the ball so you can run time off the clock. But Brian Kelly decided to, maybe he wanted to shift the blame to his mouth and a bad joke than his coaching and not being able to execute a simple game plan of 
running the ball, so maybe he wanted to go away from X's and O's. What do you think? From the, I, well, I I think that they at least kept it entertaining for a national audience because the game was on Channel Seven last <laughs> night, so there was there was that factor. Because if there's going to be a college basketball or excuse me college football game on in prime time, it may as well be good. Nope, nobody was there for the blowout. It is Notre Dame, and the helmets were just gold glistening. Let me tell you, but. Yeah, they they should have. I think actually once Brian Kelly ended his lounge act, he was pretty much saying the the right things that his team wasn't very good. He essentially said they escaped with a loss, and now we got to get a whole lot better really quickly, or else we were not going to be anywhere near a playoff at the end of the season. So he eventually, after stepping in it, said the right thing. Um, yeah, Steve, I do wanna I do wanna say a couple things here because we're 37 minutes into the show. And I just wanted to say it's good to be back on with you because it's been a while. It's uh, It's been a minute since you and I have actually done a show together. Mm-hmm. And I think at the, the top of the text line, if you'll bring your attention to that, Steve, from the 469, pretty much says it all here. Steve, glad to hear you. Saturday was far too efficient. Mark had callers. None of them were Toby. As a loyal listener, please bring the suck back today. You are my muse. Hashtag WB. So it is, it is probably best that you and I are back together because we might have been good without each other. And there's no reason for that. There's no reason for that. No, there's not. But together again for the first time, that's us. That's right. And I don't know, maybe people are, let's see if Brian Kelly again is calling for our execution. Brandon Fryer, you got Brian (laughs) Kelly calling for our execution? Yeah. I'm I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Yeah, as Peoria Matt texts into the tech to, to our uh, text line, you, you be you, yeah, you be you. Bad, bad yep. joke. Okay, Let's keep going on. <laughs> so there's there's your sanctimonious frauds in South Bend. Um, the, the the righteously indignant Notre Dame Golden Domers. So we'll take a break, and we come back. This is the first regular season week of Justin Fields' career, and it's so important. And we are back for the together again for the first time, being Mark Rody, that Mark Rody will be leaving this show to make sure that he documents everything about Justin Fields' first week, first regular season week in the NFL. We will talk about the Bears, my friends, when we come back after this. It's Saturday Suckage on Monday. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. He'll be scout team, and he'll be out there trying to do everything he can to to give our defense the best look that, that that they can give. And he, but within that, you know, there's a lot of concepts that we see and that we do where he can continue to to make plays. Like, don't go out there and just be a guy that's just throwing the ball around. You're not, you know, like you want to grow as a quarterback in that position. So that that's what he understands and knows, and and um, you know, that's all. That's that's where we're at right now with him. That is interim Bears coach Matt Nagy, and he is talking about franchise quarterback Justin Fields, who's not playing for the franchise, not starting for the franchise. So there you go. Connect those dots. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. This is Saturday Suckage on Monday. The Bears begin the regular season next Sunday night in Los Angeles against the Rams. And for this week... It is the regular season. Today starts the regular season. Mark Grody covers the Bears 
for this here radio station, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. So, so much changes for Justin Fields and for Mark Grody. So, how does this week go? What changes from what we were sort of used to feeling, seeing, and talking about during training camp during the last couple of weeks, Mark? Yeah, so today the Bears will gather, assemble. Matt Nagy will speak just a little bit after 10 o'clock. The Bears will then practice. Post-practice, we will get to speak to a bunch of players after that as they move up to the podium. No open locker room or anything like that. So things have changed a little bit in terms of the scheduling, in terms of the practices being later in the day and the meeting times, which had been around 8.45 in the morning, are now more like, as I said today, 10.30 in the morning. But I got to tell you, it was awesome to get that email from the Bears for the first time a few days ago saying week one schedule, you know, like practice today, off tomorrow, game plan installment on Wednesday practice Thursday, walk through on Friday, travel Saturday, game time on Sunday. (laughs) And my God, my God, do we in the media and I think fans, we need to hit somebody. We need a game. You know, usually it's the players that need a game. Like they need a preseason game. They need to hit somebody other than the, the players that are wearing the same jerseys as they are. I think we all need a game badly. And the, the 14 days in between the, the end of training camp and the start of the season is a lot. And it's still going on this week. At, but at least now we are full speed ahead. Now that the roster is essentially set, there are going to be tweaks along the way. You will see guys added and eliminated and practice squatted and waived and all of that transactional sort of feel. But to really get down to it, there's a lot of that stuff that we're not going to have to worry about now. The one thing, too, I should also point out to to Bears fans is now that the regular season has started, we are not going to have daily injury updates for you as Matt Nagy is only obliged to or has to tell us about that once the injury report comes out on Thursday, you know, the final injury report on who's going to play and who's not. So we'll not have as in-depth information on who's hurt and who's not. We'll be able to see those practices and take attendance and all of that, but reporting becomes a little bit more difficult and secretive during the regular season. So the first time that he has to say anything about it is Wednesday. Isn't that when it first comes out? Correct. That's when the first injury report comes out, and right. And, And even then, that's not even a... That's just the beginning of the injury report. The status report is the one that comes out at the end of the week, and that's the one that people are most interested in. In, out, probable, may, all that kind of stuff. So Matt Nagy gets to be ambiguous. He is allowed to be, whereas during training camp, he would start every single session with the media bright and early and going through and telling us that Tevin Jenkins was still out or that or giving us the latest on which offensive linemen are healthy and which are not and all of that now that's going to change today it's going to be you know go out to Hallis Hall and Matt Nagy will get up to the lectern and he will say questions please so and then it'll be incumbent upon us the Bears media to ask the right questions Stevie Sunshine. Well, I have no doubt they'll come down to the offensive line, who's hurt or is not. And I'm not, you know, uh, we'll let you know on Wednesday, and and it'll be all that kind of vague, sidestepping, st- evasive stuff. And and so of I expect, I expect that. But Lee, I want to go back to it with the cut that brought us in, Matt Nagy tie. And by the way, Matt Nagy was on our brother station, WBBM, 
I uh, did an interview with uh, Rick Gregg uh, starting the regular season. That's what he does during the regular season this week. We will bring that to you later in the show. But for now, Justin Fields running the scout team. What did you think? You heard that? Now that you've had time to digest it, we're starting that week where he's going to be running the scout team against one of the what's supposed to be one of the best defenses. I'm not sure who they're going to dress to make sure they're one of the best defenses. But, Mark, what would you think about that? Since I knew it was coming, and I think a lot of us did, but there was always that little tiny little glimmer of hope in my brain that oh, maybe they'll pull a fast one and Justin Fields will be the starter. So it was kind of like when he said when he actually said those words, scouting team, it was a little bit jarring, actually, because it was reality. It was reality hitting that the Bears are sticking with the plan that they set forth from the very beginning. And there it is. It was almost like slow motion. It was like scout team, like fun is over, kids. <laughs> and Andy Dalton will be again when we get that glimpse of practice today when we're out there we're going to see Andy Dalton taking the majority of the reps now there are some who believe including the man who I love most at this radio station Dave Wanstead the former Bears coach and current analyst who basically said and maybe we'll bring some of that back to you in a little bit essentially said that he thinks that the scout team is a bunch of um, hogwash that there is no way that Justin Fields is just the scout team quarterback and that he's going to be heavily involved, the way Dave Wanstead was calling it or predicting it, heavily involved in what's going on in the game plan. In other words, Dave strongly believes that Justin Fields will make an impact in the game, as in not necessarily start, but come in and play a lot in, in the game in certain scenarios against the Rams of Los Angeles. Well, if I heard Lonnie right, and what you're talking about is he greatly advocates Justin Fields in the red zone, simply because he, Justin Fields presents a whole different fear for defensive coordinators. Now, the, the field gets, it, it tightens up, which makes a running quarterback a lot more dangerous than Andy Dalton. Right? Isn't that his first? Isn't that where Wani goes first? Oh, he's I think got every, legs. I think, yeah, I think everybody goes there. It's the it's the obvious place to go with Justin, yeah. Justin Fields is a playmaker, and we saw what he did in that final preseason game where he hits Jesper Horstead, the Jesper Horstead game, where he hits it, you know, <laughs> dips out of the pocket, rolls out, and uh, you know, you know what's funny about Jesper Horstead? I've been obsessing over Matt Nagy's comments of "We'll know it when we see it" as it pertains to Justin Fields. Apparently, that had been reserved for Jesper Horstead. We'll know it when we see it, and I'll be damned if it wasn't in that final preseason game against Tennessee. He catches three touchdown passes, and welcome to the roster. We're going to keep a lot of tight ends just because of Jesper Horstead. I and I love the, the that catch, the the play you're talking about, the way he's because there's Daz Newsom's in the area, so suddenly there's a bunch of defenders there, and Justin Fields on the run, head up, finds the right place, his guy catches it, and Horstead after the game is is asked if was that throw for you, <laughs> Horstead says. I didn't stop to ask that question. I just <laughs> took the ball. I love that. That is just so perfect. But when you talk about running the scout team and you talk about sticking with their plan, mm -hmm. the reason 
What we don't know is, two things we don't know, is whether there's a Justin Fields package. And it's really stupid if you say he's going to go in there on the third series. Because Andy Dalton may be having a great day, game. You don't want to tell somebody, oh, yeah, we're going to change quarterbacks in the third series. You don't want to say that. You may plan to, but if Andy Dalton's having a great game, you don't want to take him out. You'd be a bigger idiot than, than the guy who runs the ball only seven times against the Saints. Matt Nagy can be an idiot about the game in front of him. That's not what you want to do. But I do believe, we don't know that there's not there's a Justin Fields package. I believe there is. The other thing is this. Are they sticking with their plan that you talked about only because they promised Andy Dalton he'd get to start, not because he's earned it? Right. Right. And they and it could be one and done. I mean, I've been saying that. It's like, like no matter what Ryan Pace or Matt Nagy has said, there has to be a part of them when they walk to their cars at the end of the day. We're like, I, they got to be thinking, am I, are we doing the right thing? Should, should maybe he should be starting. And because of that, yeah, it, it, I mean, there's a ton of pressure, like from Andy Dalton's perspective. My God, I mean, he he knows that he's got to be pretty perfect to keep his job this year. And something that Andy Dalton has never been is a win because of quarterback. So. I don't know. I think that Justin Fields has become undeniable. And I think, and based on even what Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace said, and I know everybody's like on top of Pace for not saying anything, but he did say some things. And he was very specific about the talents that Justin Fields has. And it backed up what I saw. And, and I'll just narrow it down to one thing. And that was his ability to go through his progressions to not obsess or eye or stare down one receiver. And I'd watch his eyes go to the next receiver and then make that play. Sometimes it was a downfield pass to Jesper Horstead. One time it was a pass down the middle on the backfields in Lake Forest to Darnell Mooney. So he has that ability, even though they didn't say, like they said, well, this is what we expected him to be. I think Justin Fields closed the gap a lot more than they thought he would, and he's he's getting pretty close to being undeniable. Well, we will discuss this later. Now we're going to take a break. When we come back. We'll be discussing the White Sox with the one of the co-hosts of the Locked on Sox podcast. Steve Rosen, Lamar Grody with you. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. 
Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.